the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Hannibal. Mr.Commer on WEEI.com. Uh, second one of the week since we did one uh, with the Stefan Gilmore news, but we have uh, more news to the Gilmore situation. He was traded to the Carolina Panthers on Wednesday for a six-round pick in 2023. Uh, does your thoughts on the Gilmore situation change at all after the, the trade? Um, not really, because trade or release, you, you didn't really get anything for him. A future sixth is basically a seventh, which is basically a nothing um, for a guy not that far removed from defensive player of the year. And as you wrote, I mean, this is sort of Gronkowski, Brady, Gilmore, three, I mean, two lock Hall of Famers, a borderline Hall of Famer. You don't have a ton to show for it in terms of draft picks or, or turning those assets into something or even a plan to replace them. Uh, I don't know. Bill seemed pretty confident. They just played the best passing offense in football and they competed pretty well. And Jalen Mills is, what do you say? One of their best players or something? <laughs> not not yeah, best yeah. players though. Like one of the best players, something. Well, the thing I wanted to say when Bill said we competed pretty well, uh, Bill, you lost. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to alarm you, Bill, but you lost. <laughs> It, was just, it sort of reminded me of last year with the Newton stuff when he pointed to the Houston game where he threw for 350 last week. Yeah, he gets very defensive lately. The last couple of years, the post-Brady-Belichick, and that was – he also got defensive in a way where I think he projected onto the question when Phil Perry asked about J.C. Jackson. He's like, you trying to connect the two? Phil didn't actually connect the two, but they're connected, Bill. Right. They, they do play the same position. They do. One's a, one's a soon to be free agent. Like monies were connected. Yes, Bill. Yes, they are. It, it, Bill, who's your best cornerback now? If you're being honest, it's JC Jackson. That's just the reality. He's got tenure. He's made plays. He's kind of stepped up to the plate the end of last year, this year. So that was definitely a weird press conference in which Bill did his usual release the statement. Kind yeah, of that was looked, Patriots textbook 101. Release the statement, refer to the statement. But yeah. He did uh, actually give something on the timing. He, yeah, he, he broke from the statement two or three different times, which I found interesting. And yes, the timing, what, what do you say? A number of events have happened in the last. Yeah. And we decided to part ways or what, or we decided to do like, okay, well, follow up. What are those events? What are those events? <laughs> um, now I think some of it is financial. If he comes off PUP vested veteran, now you're on the hook for his contract to some degree. But also, like, you still could have traded him. You could have traded like, him a lot of times. No, but I'm saying, like, you could have, oh. after week six, he plays. Maybe you just get him on the field and he looks good. And that entices the trade market because you blogged crap sheet on our station today saying some teams didn't like the tape from last year. And we talked about it last year. It was the root of Mrs. Gilmore hating me and getting mad at me on oh, social media. forgot about that. He wasn't as good at times. and. I said it'd be crazy to give him a long-term contract. And that's where she got all pissy pants. Um, but I would say, it, like, it's funny because we look at it as they didn't get enough for it. Like, they didn't get anything for it. Mm. But then I would flip the script. I think the problem is a little bit like, it's actually a lot like Jimmy Garoppolo. It At the end, they probably got as much as they could. But if you thought this was going to play out this way, you should have traded him after 19. 
Yeah, that's why. Or during 19. At the deadline, they weren't, they weren't making the playoffs. Like, what right. weren't there reports out there? They were going to get a two from the deadline, but they wanted a one? Uh, yes, or, or a, a one and a player. Something like that. There were I, definitely reports. Diana Rossini said that the Patriots wanted definitely a one. It could have been a player. And, and I, I thought, remember somebody telling me that they had a two. They, they could have gotten a two. Right, and at that point, you weren't making the playoffs. I mean, you were still what, – what was the path was still alive or whatever. The path was alive. But you weren't making the playoffs. So the season was already pretty much lost. You could have traded him then, and then you could have traded him this offseason. But, again, his value wasn't going to be what it was coming off the calf injury. But you still could have found a team around the draft to give you a mid-round pick, a three or a four, right? You would think? I would think you could have gotten more then than you could now. More than a six, yeah. Yeah, um, because – whether it's real or not, like we've kind of talked about PUP as he was, did he really need to start on PUP? Did he not need to whatever from afar teams say, well, he is a guy who missed the end of last year, had the whole off season started this year on PUP factually, whether he actually needed to, it's hard to, to really say. And I will say at this point, if you look at it and say a 31 year old cornerback who tore his quad last year, hasn't played since last year, what are you going to get for him? You'd probably say, yeah. Oh, oh. And also he wants a new contract. He wants to be paid. The value is pretty low, but how did you get to this point where the value is so low? That's the, I think your headline said mismanagement. Yeah. That, that's the mismanagement part getting to this point. Again, it's a little like the quarterback room. Oh, we had the best quarterback room. We had mm-hmm. Jacoby Brissett and we had Jimmy Garoppolo and Tom Brady. And now you got nobody. You had to beg. Oh, I would say that's actually a, a perfect comparison. Oh, thanks. Cause, yeah, because because with Garoppolo, you got a second round pick, which was probably at the time what his value was. Second round pick, like at the time. At that, that time, yes. Yeah. Could at you that have time, one, before that, yes, correct. Like Browns were a team that everybody said you could have gotten a one from the Browns. They had multiple first round picks. Blah blah blah. Right. Um, but I also think there's the other comparison, the other air to this is Tom Brady, where it's really about an aging commodity that Bill doesn't believe can be good. Now, the, there's like a decade difference, but it's cornerback, different position. 31-year-old cornerbacks are old for the most part. Like, that's just the reality. Um, you know, there's not too many Richard Shermans or guys that bounce around, you know, Daryl Green for the Redskins a long time ago. There's not too many older cornerbacks that really extend their high level of play into their mid-30s. So Bill looks at it, and as his famous quote once said, he looks at his age and his contract status. He wants a new contract. His contract's running out. Look at his age. Those two things don't marry up. But, Move on. So I'll just spin it a little bit. You go all off season, spend $170 million. And Gilmore is still, he's still one of your better players on defense, regardless of the contract. So why couldn't you have just played this year out and given him more money? Like I look at some of the guys that they signed this off season, like would you rather have Nelson Aguilar or uh, Stefan Gilmore this year? And that's where I get into because it is weird because all the Carolina is not giving him a new contract. He's playing out the contract. So you're like, yeah, why couldn't you have done that with the Patriots? I personally, I know Carolina's record is better. I'm not sure they're much better than the Patriots. I don't I say, both, I, I would say for the 17 games, I, I don't think they're that much better. Right. Like both are probably nine win type teams. Yeah, both are teams that are going to be competitive and in the mix for the playoff swap, but certainly not locks to be in the postseason by any means. Right now down there he's at he has a house there apparently you've told me he apparently lives next to the gm or something yes that was a rap sheet said that he's neighbors with the gm so you know clearly he's down there his wife seemed happy to go down there back down there 
um, the Rock Hill crew or whatever Ben Watson called it, you know, sort of yeah, wishing yeah. him well. Um, I, I don't know. That's where I wonder. And this has been the wild card all along. We've talked about, I can remember we did podcasts in like February, March, the health, the quad. How hurt is he? How much does Keem care about that? I actually don't know. Like, can you think of a lot of examples and they don't like really stick out to me, but like quad injuries, guys that had quad injuries, did they come back? Was there an issue? No, it's kind of a unique injury. Yeah. Older guy. Like how, so I, I wonder how much different teams, whether it's the Patriots, they might've had issues with the quad injury team, other teams that might've been in trade interest, whatever, what the risk is with the quad injury. What, how typical an injury is it typical a recovery? Is it one of those things like ACL has become, okay, we know 10 months after you'll play, it'll take four months to knock the rust off. And then by 14 months, you'll be back to normal kind of thing. Right. I, I don't know. Um, but I, I wonder if that plays into it because you don't really want to pay a guy. So, so the Patriots cleared out what? Six, uh, five point something million dollars. It's under six. Okay. So $6 million in cap space. You don't want to just blowtorch that. I do want to ask a question. You follow sure. everything more closely than I do. Um, <laughs> I try. How come I never heard they only had $54,000 in cap space until this happened? Oh, Adam Schefter. Because I don't think it's fully accurate. Though. I don't think so either. Not once. I follow Pat's cap. Not once has Pat's cap been like, whew, they only got 50K of cap space. Like, yeah, that somebody manipulate. I'm sure it's factually like you can spin it somehow. Right. Like, after these things happen, they'll be at 54,000, but that won't happen until like the end of the year. Like, yeah, it was because. Because that 54,000 would be like, uh oh, we can't fill that roster spot. We can't call this guy up from the. Oh, practice. maybe there's a reason why they were only going 52 guys in the roster for the first two weeks. Maybe, but I just feel like with all these people that follow cap space, not just Pat's cap, but all of them around, like somebody that would have been, been, been a story even coming into the season. Like the Patriots are so okay. far up against the cap, like they got to okay. do something eventually. Yeah. We're calling BS. Yes. Yes. Okay. And uh, well, Bert Breer was it followed it too. He was on NBC Sports Boston the other night, last night, saying the Patriots would not have signed Jamie Collins without this happening. Okay. I, I mean, maybe. Well, I said to Giardi that he's just falling into the trap that Ian Rapport does, just says whatever the Patriots tell him to say. Yes, I think there is some truth to that. Um, I also think if that's true, it's a weird. You're not better without Stefan Gilmore. I mean, we have. Whoever you, McCordy, John U. Smith, um, who was the guy yesterday? Who called him an elite corner yesterday? Who talked to us yesterday? Kyle Van Noy. Kyle Van Noy, best corner in the NFL. He still thinks he's one of the best. Now, it's clearly tainted by the fact that he's buddies with him, but whatever. He's still a good player. You're not better moving on from him. So, as as the great Ryan Hannibal likes to say, so what are we doing here? Yeah, that was in my column yesterday. <laughs> are we trying to be good? Because like the the Collins move feels like a typical circa ten years ago in, in season move. We need yes. another, we need an athletic body linebacker. Let's go get him. And he's available, and the other teams paying him. We can sign him to a low money. But then if you're like, well, are we kind of in another bridge year? We're one in three. You're offloading our best player. If we're in another bridge year, wouldn't I rather just see more reps from Josh Uche and Chase Winovich and the young guys and not sign Jamie Collins like? It sends mixed messages. messages. Yep. Yes. All right. I, we've pretty much covered that. As uh, much that being said, I do. 
in a weird way, like the Collins sign, like he'll probably help them. Their run defense hasn't been great. He's a veteran body. I think people forget. I was on with Mutt last night on our station and Mutt was like mocking Jamie Collins. And I was like, two years ago, he was sort of the centerpiece of the boogeyman. I would, was, say, I would say yes. Early in the year, if I recall correctly, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, there was defensive player of the year talk for Jamie Collins. That is 100% accurate. Okay, because he was picking off passes, like sacks, fumbles, whatever. He was in on everything. And it, it petered out like their whole season petered out. Um, but I think it's he's a good body to have, especially and, if... And Bill knows how to get the most out of him, which we've seen. He's on his, what, his third team? Third third time here? Yeah, and also this way for three teams. Uh, Browns, Lions, Patriots. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so they'll get the most out of him if you're trying to... Uh, limit the snaps of Dante Hightower. If you're trying, you know, if Kyle Van Noy isn't a full-time player anymore and you want to rotate all of them. He, he's hurt, so need the guy to get out there. Yeah. Okay. Okay, we're in agreement. All right. Uh, this week, I guess the story of the week with the game is the offensive line. <laughs> we're out of practice again Thursday, and you had uh, four out of your five starters missing. Trent Brown as the calf. I think he had a setback because he was out of practice the last couple weeks. Has him out there this week. He was not there. Shaq Mason was an abdomen, um, not yep. there again. And then you had two guys in the COVID list, Michael Wenu and Isaiah Wynn. So your offensive line is um, in shambles. <laughs> it wasn't even good to start with. So that's where I would start. You haven't played well. Forget on when you COVID. There's some question as to whether he got benched against the Bucks when we saw Ted Karras come on and then Ted Karras was the extra blocker on when went back to guard um obviously right tackle has been not good not good at all sorry uh, Justin Huron. <laughs> sorry justin Huron, but you know seer durant isn't better because i think they play him if they thought he was better we've seen him struggle uh they haven't really been willing to give yadni kajust um his chance so. the only thing i can think of with that is to just view him as a pure left tackle Okay, maybe. I mean, is he good enough to be viewed as a pure left tackle? Like, is no, he... but I'm just, I'm no, I'm just trying to throw out maybe how they're thinking. But I yeah. just think like right tackle sucks for three weeks, and Bill's like, oh, I really like to put Justin, but he's just a... Bill. I'm just a left tackle. I can't help you over the. Whew, no, I can step this way, but I can't step that. Like, all right, it's time for you to go if you're that limited. I'm sorry, if you're a backup offensive lineman, you you can't be that pigeonholed. So yeah, the the offensive line which was a concern. Can they be good enough? Now all the backups are playing and we talked. You're, you're, you're looking at a line of probably David Andrews, Ted Karras, James Ferentz as the interior guy. Oh. You could move Durant, but I would feel like the Patriots viewed um, Ferentz higher than Durant. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't love the idea of like, Karras and Ferenc playing together like you can cover up for those I think they're good solid fundamental but when, but when like Shaq Mason or Joe Tooney were next to them not yeah. uh, themselves now they're next to each other it's like and then you oh, got on the other sides of them you got Justin Huron and whoever knows Johnny Kajust or Durant like yeah it's not good now I will say it definitely seems like Brown had a setback so and to the point where we talked to Bill Belichick on Wednesday, somebody asked about the offensive line. And when he was kind of talking about options and players, Trent Brown was not on the tip of his tongue. Not a, the, the reporter. I think it was Mike Reese actually had to bring Trent Brown into the discussion. And Bill, Bill was, like, was like, Oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So that was weird that I could be telling. Uh, but we, so 
With Win and Onwenu on COVID, Crapsheet reported one is vaccinated, one tested positive, one is unvaccinated. So the vaccinated guy could play, is, is what he said, right? That's what he said. But from reading the rules, it sounds like both could technically play if the vaccinated player tests negative twice and the unvaccinated player sits out five days, which would bring us to Saturday. So we're talking about worst case scenario. There is a... Ch- we're talking about best case scenario. Well, no, there, but I'm talking about when you just said like Haran, Kajush, yeah. Ferent, like that's worst case scenario. Yes. Is there also a chance they'll need multiple planes if these guys are in play? They probably can't travel with the team. I think right? it's just the one guy, the unvaccinated player. Okay. Because he, like, they won't put him on aircraft one with everybody else. I also thought that it was a thing that the unvaccinated players didn't even, couldn't travel with the team anyway. Yeah. There's a lot here. And Bill said, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm not well, trying to be evasive. I think he was being honest. I think he was too, because he says, talk to Jim Whalen. I, I don't have the answer. He just tells me what to do. Yeah. And, and you get into, I also have questions about this, like very technical questions. If you, all these clocks, five days, 10 days, this, do they start and end like to the minute? Like if something happens at seven in, at, in the evening, does that count towards that day or is it the next day? Or is it 24 hours at seven, the next seven day o'clock? Re- right. Right. Cause like for a one o'clock game, that could matter if I get, yeah. if, you know what I mean? If he, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm with Bill. I don't really understand. I don't understand this in my real life, regular life, dealing with kids and youth sports and all that. Never mind. I can't imagine Bill making, you know. And we should also say that we believe Isaiah Wynn is the unvaccinated player because he was, he wore a mask to training camp practice every day. Yeah. We're presuming that based on the mask thing. Yes. Sort of like we did with Cam Newton and others. And we don't have definitive um, confirmation, but confirmation. But yeah, that that's kind of how I think everybody's looking at it just based on their observational perspectives. Um, But it's certainly not ideal because here let's get into what I believe is the story of this game. Two words, must and win. Not like not Isaiah win, not Isaiah win, must win. I you can't. And I liked um, Mac Jones's line yesterday. Like you can play well, you cannot play well. You got to have one more point than the opposition. That's where they are right now. They need to win a game. Yeah, that's and, why I wrote earlier this week. Enough with the moral victories. Like it's 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 week five. But even you're, you're one and three. Even more importantly, you're playing the team that I think everybody had slotted for the number one pick, the debacle of a franchise that has a coach they didn't really want, has a great quarterback who isn't suspended, is eligible, but doesn't play, can't be traded, won't doesn't play. even dress. Right. The the whole thing, they're starting a quarterback who's a rookie who we learned in our pre-draft reps because Stinks. it was like, yeah, well, yes, I, bad knee, knee brace, the whole thing, barely started at Stanford, blah, 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 but he's now their starter. Um, you have to win this game. You have the same record. I don't care if you think you're if you're better than one in three or you're better than the Texans. Nope. You know what it says? The one in three Patriots travel to the one in three Texans, and that's why um, CBS has put uh, on the broadcast <laughs> something called Andrew Catalan. I've never heard of him. I have. He does March Madness. Oh, okay. Well, Andrew Catalan is not Jim Nance or Al Michaels or Tony. You're not sniffing those guys. Sorry. (laughs) That's my point. This is a one and three at one and three. This is the, uh, this is probably the CBS's D E or F crew. Right. But from a Patriots, there's no 
talking about it. There is literally only, I don't care if Max sucks or Max good. Defense sucks, defense good. I don't care about any details. Give me the final score and the little alligator when you learn greater than and less than better be eating the Patriots score because it's greater than the Texans. Or as the great Tony Maserati would say, it's okay to quote somebody from another station sure. on a podcast, right? Sure. The season is over, O-V-A-H, over, if you lose this game. Uh, yeah, I would say that's a fair proclamation to make. Um, do any other – you have thoughts on, like, the – I don't – this isn't really a game to dive into the X's and O's, like, kind of what you said. Like, no matter who you put in the field, you should beat them. Like, I don't care that you're going with your second string offensive line. You should still beat the Houston Texans. And you don't run well, but, they, like, Bill wanted to talk them up as a running team. Like Mark Ingram's averaging like three yards a carry, just like Damian Harris. Yeah, they'd be a great running team in 2010. Right. David Johnson Johnson and Mark Ingram? That's a hell of a backfield a decade ago. You're right. Um, But it, it, Brandon Cooks is their go to guy. Bill really, did you notice him over the top? Like, volume targets they really most targeted guy in football. Yeah, something like that. And that's great because the extra team stinks, so they have to throw to him. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking. I, I don't like, I can like that's, a, that's, a, that's a, that's a stat you want to put in like the good column. I wouldn't put it in the good column. I also liked how he said, I, you know, the most targeted guy in football, I think the numbers show that like, well, is he, or isn't he, that's a number. <laughs> I don't know what the stat is, Bill. I didn't actually look it up. I trust you, but um, yeah, I don't like this to me is not a real big, as you said, game plan match up. Like you just gotta be, I just almost swore effing better than them yeah right. find a way gotta you know, the gotta have it plays that bill practices like little ones every every play in this game has got to have it you got to be better than the other team um or this also isn't a game that you need to call the trick plays like you should just be able to just move the ball down the field and score you should be able to especially okay so they have a good good veteran receiver a thousand yard receiver we've seen him here we've seen him everywhere but your secondary, you're confident in. You you just talked about how well they competed against Brady and Evans. Receivers and some of the three best receivers in football. Okay, so you should be fine there. Matthew Judon's playing well. I got to think that Matthew Judon will make Davis Mills' life difficult. Like, yep. there's reasons to believe you should be the better football team, but you got to prove it. And you've been in either losing games or dogfights all year. I think you need a what do they call them? Like get well game or get a, right game. Yeah. Get right game. Okay. This not only is must win. Ideally it's a get right game. That's, that's a team that what, what did they just do? They lost they, 40 to nothing to the bills, 40 to nothing to the bills. And I'm not saying you're the bills, but okay. So the bills are here. The Texans are here. You're here. Go beat them. 27, 10 control the game the whole time. Yeah. Something like that. Now I, I didn't, that, that wasn't my prediction. I'm just saying. I just want to be clear there. That's not necessarily my prediction because I still have doubts about this team. And like, what do they do? Well, let's update our question. We asked a couple, I think we asked it like week two, like, what do they do? Well, um, Matthew Judon plays well, Matthew. Well, I will include Matthew. I think their past defense is good. Like I, I know I'm kind of yeah, joking. That's fair. that's fair. I think their past defense is playing up to its, veteran status and i would say that pass defense also factors into getting after the passer they, yeah. they their pass rush has been a lot has been better than in recent years like that was a big knock the last you know three four years i would say it's better this year i would agree and it should be you you signed a guy for 50 million dollars to be a part of that um yes. and you drafted a, a young guy in uche in the third second round second, second round last second. year 
So you should you should be getting some return on that investment. Um, I will say from a Texans perspective, and Bill was talking about this, David Cully, how he's been everywhere. So you can't just say, oh, he's a Ravens guy. So he runs like, but he should be a Ravens guy this week. They should run the ball. Their plan should be to run the ball 40 times. Run the effing ball because the Patriots have yet to show that they can stop it at all this year. And I think that's their their chance to win the game. So, yeah. I would, I would agree. That's the Texans game plan. If you're the Patriots, you probably have a good idea that's what they're going to do coming in. So I would expect a – last week was a pass-centric game plan. I would say this week is a run-centric game plan. Right, which means, I mean, maybe a little bit less of the, the nickel and the extra safeties, extra DBs we've seen. Maybe a shot for a guy like Jamie Collins and the, the guys up front to yeah, play. Do you think he plays this week? I would say, yeah. Why not? I would probably say so, Tim. I mean, he's, I mean he was he, starting – he was just on a team two weeks ago. Right. He was starting games a couple weeks ago on a team. He's been through your system multiple times. He knows every, but like, I don't, I don't see a reason for him not to play this week. No, I would agree. Uh, anything else? What are we missing? I feel like we're missing a topic. We did COVID. We did Jamie Collins. We did Stefan Gilmore. We did the game. I, I, feel, like, I feel like we did a pretty good yeah, job. I mean, it's, just, it's Texans week. Um, one thing, I, I don't know if it's a big deal. We've kind of already hit on it in past podcasts. Did you notice that when Bill was discussing the Texans and like the carryover, the familiarity, he didn't mention Jack Easterby? Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't. But why would he? Like, well, because he doesn't like him. But also, I think he thinks of Jack Easterby like me. I'm not going to mention a guy that's irrelevant that was walked <laughs> around here in wind pants and gave people fist bumps in the locker room and said, "Woo, hey, how's your day? Good day." Like, I, I yeah, I don't. I don't think he, uh, what, what's that phrase? Suffers fools or whatever. Like, I, I, I don't think he puts any stock in Jackie Easterby and him running that team and what. Good, neither do I or we. Right. And I, I feel like they have, it's weird. Because in one sense, I see him on the sideline, which I think is stupid. That yes. you should get him out of sight, out of mind. Try to try to pull well, him up. He has. He hasn't spoken since that Sports Illustrated story came and out. I, there, and there's been no leaks. I think they've been trying to really. I think Nick kind of sat him down and said, "Hey, yes." Yeah. But the the final step of that is he shouldn't be on the sideline during games. Put him in a box where no one can see him, like behind you know tinted glass that no one can zoom in on him. Not next. Yeah, because wasn't there a clip of him during the, one of the preseason games, like getting a little rah rah with one of the players? Yeah, like right off the field, he was like yeah. next to the head coach Cully. Like somebody came off and he was right there. Bad look. Don't do that. Bad look. Very yeah, that's bad. Why, look. That's why it didn't happen here in New England. So, yeah, no, I, I'm glad we're not talking a lot about Jack Easterby, but even though they won a game, I still think they're a debacle of a franchise. Oh, totally, totally. Until mean, they figure out Deshaun Watson. You lost us 40 to nothing. Like, NFL teams don't lose 40 to nothing. That's, that's true. They're the kind of team that should lose 40 to nothing, though, based on what they've done the last couple of years and trying to turn it around. And I, I also think this irrelevant, but I can't imagine David Culley's there for very long. Maybe a one-and-done kind of guy. If they have another guy in mind, yeah, it could be a one and none type thing. Or maybe they're just waiting for the next big guy to come built. I don't Brother know who that Meyer is. Could be available. He certainly could be. He'd fit right in there. Oh, him, Jack Easterby could really turn him around. Oh, yeah. That, that's all Urban Meyer needs. A little bit of guidance, a little bit of molding from a good life coach like Jack Easterby. Should we get into oh. – yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, so your prediction? Uh, I think this is, a good, like you said, good get-right game. I think that they will get the running game back on track. I think the defense will continue to play well. Um, I'm not going to say it's going to be 40 to nothing, but I think they win comfortably 
So my get right, get well score that I kind of threw out there, to me, it's what I said. It, it hinges on the run defense. This is a week where you got to be better against the run. I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't break down the all 22 and look at all the gap integrities and blah, blah, blah. You have enough talent in the front seven. You should be not be getting pushed around like you are. You should not be giving out chunk yards like you are. And they're going to try to run the ball. So you should be able to line up thinking about stopping the run, not, you know, try to do this, try it. Nope. Stop the damn run. Stop the damn run and make Davis Mills beat JC Jackson, Devin McCourty, Adrian Phillips, Kyle Duggar. And if he does that, well, we'll have a very interesting post-game podcast. <laughs> I don't think there's a shot in hell and that happens. So line up, play big boy football up front, stop the run. You should control the game. I don't know how well you're going to run the ball or throw the ball. The offensive line certainly concerns me, but I think I'm going to say hard to pick them to score a ton of points. So I'm going to say 20 to 20 to nine Patriots beat the Texans. So they would cover it. The spreads right now is at nine. It's been at nine all week. And from what I've seen, the Texans are the, the, the money on the Texans popular pick. The, 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 the experts think the Texans is the, the play. Is the play, which I guess makes sense with like the coming off a tough game against the Bucks going on the road, the, the Cove O-line. Yep. I could, I could, and it seems like the line at nine, like people are – Vegas wants you to bet the Patriots. And I, I – that's a big number for the Patriots till they prove it. I would it agree. Now, yeah. it can swing quickly. Like if Davis Mills plays like Zach Wilson and gives you the ball oh, – throws runs. two pick sixes or pick yeah. six and an interception earlier, then yeah, then that puts right. spread out the window. But yeah, I would say that – this could be a game where maybe you're in a dog fight that you shouldn't be in, but just based on the situation, especially up front with the old line, maybe that's just how things, how things go. Okay. So you got 27, 13, I got 20 to nine. Sounds like we have a similar kind of game and the Patriots get to two and three on the season. Three. Everything's awesome again. Well, until you face Dallas at home next week. I mean, hey, that's a different week. One week at a time, one game at a time. All right. So we'll be back uh, Sunday, Sunday night, Monday morning. We'll figure it out. Yep. Post-game podcast will be there for you on Monday morning. Should be a, a, a happy podcast, but you never know with this team. Or it'll be a really sad podcast. <laughs> yeah. Like we're, we're wrapping up the, the season. The is falling. Putting a bow on the season. Yep. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk to you later in the week. Peace out.